0: another edition of Tuesday wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow the YouTube page for Tuesday wrestling Tuesday. Look for Tuesday wrestling Tuesday on YouTube, youtube.com and don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at wrestlingtwt on Twitter and Instagram at wrestlingtwt. We'll talk to Josh Lopez from prowrestlingtranscriptions.com. We're going to find out His thoughts about the Super Showdown event taking place in Saudi Arabia for the WWE. We got a new champion for the Universal side of WWE, so we'll talk to Josh about that. Also, will be your pregame for Revolution taking place in Chicago for AEW and a lot more. Let me call Josh Lopez and we get underway with another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We ask you to go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com while we have our conversation with Josh Lopez, friend of the program here on Hood and Lopez right here, wherever you download your podcast for TWT. Hello, Josh.
1: Salute, Hoodie. Happy Revolution Day, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well.
0: It is Happy Revolution Day, as a matter of fact, indeed for AEW, that's for sure. Uh, before we get into that, because I want to get your your predictions and thoughts of that card that's going to take place as we record this on Saturday right. morning, giving you that pregame. Giving you that pregame uh, for that event. I want to get your thoughts on a show that I will never watch, and that is Super Showdown. Yeah. Uh, for the WWE as they went to uh, Saudi Arabia, I have, I have just in full disclosure, and you might even know this, and I think the TWT tribe, the fan base for this show, knows this as well. I'm not gonna watch that show. I'm not. Right. I'm just not. I'm just. I'm not watching a glorified house show overseas. I'm just not gonna do it because I know what it is. I'll. I'll watch highlights. I'll be aware of what happened, but I, I just can't invest time start to finish on something that is. Are, are it's not the level of even a regular WWE pay-per-view. So, let me get your thoughts, first of all, about Goldberg being the new Universal Champion and that matchup against The
1: Fiend. Right. You know what, Hoodie, what I always respected about you, uh, and we've known each other for about seven years now, uh, you've always been a man of your word and been consistent about things. And just looking at the overall reactions when it comes around these Saudi Arabian shows... Some people kind of show their true colors because about a month earlier before this event everybody's like I don't care about this event why they're still doing this in the middle of Wrestlemania And then after what happened the other night uh, With Goldberg becoming the Universal Champion You would think like this decision went down on a SummerSlam Or, or Wrestlemania you know like, <laughs> I, Here's the thing with me for those who don't know me personally I At times, I like to question certain perceptions because if there's something that I could point a flaw at with a perception, I think I could look at things from a bigger picture aspect because uh, we we're talking about this before we recording the show. There's the fan Joshi in me, and then there's the media member in me where I'm breaking down everything that's going on these shows, and I have to look at the bigger picture aspect instead of the instant... Like thought I have inside my head of, oh, this sucks. This was the wrong decision. Like I'm trying to figure out what's happening before I publish a show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a I have a different process to this thing. So when looking at the reaction to what happened with Goldberg and Bray Wyatt, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked that Goldberg won the t- won the title. I was, I was more shocked with the uh, just the level of anger. That came out of that decision because honestly, and we talked about this when Bray won the title in Saudi Arabia, by the way, the other show you didn't watch. (laughs) Um, We mentioned it on that particular podcast that Bray and the Fiend character in general did not need the title. So when I look at what happened on Thursday, I thought it was a means to an end. It wasn't anything that was groundbreaking. I didn't think it was anything that it was like, oh, the fiends buried because 24 hours later he got himself into a big uh, big promotional match with John Cena. Uh, I've I mentioned this a lot in my podcast this week. Like neither the guy in reality, neither of the guys needed the title. And when that happens, that just shows case that just shows you that WWE put the wrong match together. Because Bray never needed the title. Goldberg don't need the title. And they should have been fighting each other for a title in the first place. So, (laughs) we're getting on these soapboxes about who's being buried. Oh, Goldberg's here and WWE's more focused on their older wrestlers and their younger wrestlers. Okay, Goldberg wins a title that nobody actually cares about. And then a month and a half later, he'll lose it to a younger guy in Roman Reigns. So... All this is a means to an end and a road to WrestleMania. I, 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 I'm really kind of surprised that people are this angry for well, jumping off a ledge over a Saudi Arabia show that these same people claim that they don't care about.
0: Well, I, I okay, so two schools of thought. Okay. I, I I, will agree, and I will still stand by it, that there are certain characters in wrestling that don't need the title. Right. Uh, the, the Fiend, as we talked about before, as you mentioned, The Fiend... You know, The Fiend, Kevin Sullivan, Abdul the Butcher, Mick Foley. um, Oh, actually, Cactus Jack, not Mick Foley, but Cactus (laughs) Jack. You know, there's so many that are, are so great to watch from, you know, match to match that you don't necessarily want to see them in a title match. I never thought that Bray Wyatt or The Fiend needs a championship, but this is what they did. Now, since The Fiend was a champion, how many five star matches have you seen with The Fiend? I mean, I I mean, him taking on Seth Rollins to win the championship it was was incredible. His match with with um, Daniel Bryan was just okay. I, him him and this character has not given you like great matches, and, yeah. and 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 I don't think that he's even equipped for that. I don't think that this particular character is built for him to be able to have these great matches. Um, he, he didn't draw didn't draw a dime as the fiend. What he is is a digital character where people want to watch that thing on YouTube, that Funhouse, and they All love right. the spectacle. But if you're looking for someone to draw money, uh, and and a lot of merch, that's guys like Roman Reigns, you know, <laughs> and that's guys like even Goldberg at age fifty two, fifty three. I mean, that's that's kind of where you are. So that's one thing. The other thing is. The reason why that there is outrage is because there are people that are invested in Bray Wyatt and feel like, hey, you know what? He's still a young, a younger guy that even though he doesn't need a title, you like the idea that something fresh, something new. And so I think some fans feel like the rug was pulled out from under them, like, oh, this was fine. You know, we like Bray Wyatt and we like the fiend character. Now you're gonna, now you're putting um, you're taking the title away from him, so you're burying him. And I, I'm thinking, no, that's not what's happening. They had to be able to do this to transition Goldberg to take on Roman Reigns for Roman to win the title. And, and so this is their decision, and I don't have a major problem with it because on this Super Show, this is just like a, a house show to me, so it, you know, right. it, didn't, it didn't affect me one way or the other. I was like, oh, okay, not a surprise.
1: <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this, hoodie. What is the Fiend character in general? Is it about a guy who's worried about his championship or more worried about collecting debts to people who did him wrong in the past, is Bray Wyatt.
0: Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know.
1: That's the reason I'm asking because this is a point nobody's bringing up. When Bray won the title in October, when has he ever really put emphasis on him being the champion, as opposed to playing mental mind games with his opponents or trying to collect debts? Like I said earlier, from past feuds that he had.
0: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. When,
1: where was the outrage when he didn't main event Survivor Series?
0: Where's the outrage when he didn't show up and it was just Bray Wyatt against The Miz? Right, the <laughs> <laughs> terrible he,
1: match. He came out for Mister Rogers, and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a good question. That's a great point. So, so, but it proves so it proves the point that he never needed the title to start with. But, but it, that's that's where they're gone. And by the way. Who knows? I believe Vince has clearly full autonomy of the company and knows the direction he wants to go. Who knows if the Sheik also, uh, at this event, oh, God. Wanna, seriously, what, you, you, you don't think the Sheik there in Saudi Arabia might have some creative license to say we want to see Goldberg and we want to see the theme, we want to see Goldberg win the title?
1: Uh, as far as those partic- particular shows, yeah, I could see that.
0: You know, I say, and I say the, we
1: saw Shawn Michaels last year wrestle.
0: I say the chic flippantly because I don't know exactly who it is. I'm just saying, like somebody that is the head of of this event taking place could have some say into what they want.
1: I remember there was a report last year that one, I guess the main uh, guy that's with this relationship, uh, one of the princes, he's saying that he wanted Yokozuna to be on the show. He was looking for that type of character. So I guess, like, this Prince uh, guy is, like, a big, big wrestling mark from the 90s. Mm-hmm. So that's why they brought out the Brothers of Destruction and DX, and uh, we see The Undertaker on almost every single uh, Saudi Arabia show. Um, yeah, so I'm not really surprised by that.
0: The other thing, too, is, like, you know, with, with these events, Josh, it's kind of like, okay... If you're the WWE and this country or this city wants to dole out that kind of money, if right. you want to go for it, you go. You go right ahead. Doesn't mean I have to support it and watch it. I just know well, it's not going to be on the same par as a WWE pay per view. And I got limited time, and I I ain't had time for it. And and you know, for the Undertaker, I've been seeing this online as well, just like how people are saying, you know, he's only out there for a couple of minutes. One choke slam on AJ Styles—that's a joke. The Undertaker made seven figures for one choke slam, and so if that's if if, if that's the direction he want to go, and that saves his body, that's fine. He's got bills to pay.
1: He's got bills to pay, but <laughs> we have to separate what's the re- actual reaction from Twitter and what's the actual reaction in the crowd. Because honestly, what's more important?
0: Well, what did uh, the you, live
1: audience or what people are whining about? Predictably on Twitter.
0: Well, tell me this because I didn't watch it. But so what? What was the crowd hot for everything in Saudi Arabia?
1: It was hot for the Undertaker. I'll say that. What about
0: um, what, what about other matches? What what were they hot for that?
1: I, I'll say the two big matches they were really hyped for was the first tag title match with New Day and uh, the Miz and John Morrison. That was a really good match. And then also parts of the Roman Reigns uh, King Corbin Steel Cage match as well.
0: By the way, just as a sidebar, uh-huh. so so John Morrison uh, is has to leave the WWE the first time because well Vince didn't get it, and Michael Cole had to bury John Morrison and and Michael Cole I will never forget Michael Cole saying yeah this John Morrison I don't get it and that was completely something that Vince told Michael to say. And, and because of the, the type of parkour, the type of workout, and the type of style that he had. So John Morrison went to Lucho Underground. He went to a lot of uh, places around the country and across the, the world to try to improve himself. To try to prove also that he is a viable singles attraction. He was in Mexico. He's in a lot of different places to only come back to WWE to the same spot he was in. Nice, nice job. You didn't you didn't see anything in John Morrison improving himself as a singles wrestler, and so you mm. put him right back in the same spot with the Miz. That's good stuff. Great, great, great job by the WWE. Right. <laughs> great job. I mean, you you don't think that guy's improved since like the last time he was in the company?
1: Uh, I I I know how good John Morrison is. <laughs> I I saw the improvements he made as a character on um on Lucha Underground. I think I would have a bigger issue with John Morrison right now if he was just a baby face, you know what I mean? That's where he was before he left. He wasn't even a heel. I mean, I, I don't know. mean for me, I kind of get a chuckle out of the Miz and Morrison dynamic with each other as heels. Not that they're, like, top stars or anything like that, but I, I enjoy what they do, and... <laughs> I, I like their matches. So I, I have a little different perspective from that. But, like, I, I know Morrison could be a world title guy. Yeah. John Morrison could go after the Intercontinental Championship. I get your point for there because I saw the character work he did on Impact and on Lucha Underground. But, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I like the dynamic of him him in The Miz. I don't know.
0: All right, Bruce. So here we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were
0: really no, good the I, first I just time. Say what you say, though. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked that Miz and Morrison back. In. Remember they had. That mo- was really good back in the day. You know what? Let's do that again in twenty twenty. Well, you know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> tell tell me about Roman Reigns against Baron Corbin. Did that? Did the the cage match match the rivalry?
1: It didn't have dog food, so that was a good thing. All right. Uh, um, we can start off from there. Uh, I, I just thought it was a solid cage match. And like we were mentioned earlier, it was a glorified house show. It was, so it wasn't like there was going to be anything that was epic about this match. But I just thought it was a fitting end. Uh, I thought it was kind of smart how Roman brought an extra chain to wrap around the cage door so Corbin would try to uh, escape the cage door. I thought that was a nice touch to it. Because so many times during WWE cage matches they <laughs> that cage door is just basically useless so mm-hmm. the fact that he had an extra steel chain with a padlock attached I thought it was a nice touch so <laughs> let, me ask, uh, let
0: me ask you this how about the um the WWE championship what did that match do for Ricochet nothing
1: even before that match was booked
0: you talk about me. That would have chased me away from the 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 whole thing. Period. Because I right. still consider Brock Lesnar. Well, well, not consider. He is the company champion. And let's not. I know they try to confuse you by having the you know universal champion here. This champion that Brock's the Brock is the champion. Not not the, the WWE
1: title will always be number one.
0: Yes, that's, that's Backlund's title. That's Hogan's title. That's right. Cena. That's, that's that's the title, and so. If that that if that is the match and he takes on Ricochet, who's not hot at all, by the way, and oh. he get and he gets a title match, well, I don't know what that does nothing for Ricochet, nothing. How long was that match? Uh,
1: that match was a minute <laughs> and Jesus, ten seconds.
0: Guys. Oh my! Uh, at, well, I would say it's a glorified house show, but that's even worse. Because <laughs> because Brock wouldn't go into a house show and wrestle for a minute. So that's even worse yeah. than that.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, I remember this other day. Uh, sometimes you get like notifications from Facebook, like memories, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I got a notification of a house show I went to at the United Center a couple years ago. Uh, Brock Lesnar beat Kane at that show in 36 seconds. Wow. <laughs>
0: wow. Man, all right, next town. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go to Moline next. <laughs> next town. Here we go, mm, and yeah, just drive off. That's great. Let's get out of here before the fans come out. Here we go. That, that's a, oh, one, one sidebar about a house show. Okay. In the in the height of WCW with the NWO, and this is a house show where Hogan and Flair are on top, right? So that that's the the main event. It's about. The, it was at. Oh was at the United Center I was at the United Center so it was let me think I think it was about fifteen thousand people there for a house show on a Saturday right right so Hall and Nash are have a tag team match I think they're the tag team champions at the time, and so all of a sudden I hear ready or not here they come from Lauren Hill nice and and here comes Nash and Hall. <laughs> So, so, and I, like, the, everyone's waiting for, to find out, like, waiting for the to pop of the NWO song and Holland Nash come out to Lauren Hill. I'm like, I I'm like, boy, that you talk about the inmates running the asylum. <laughs> they changed the music. It wasn't even the NWO music. It was like Lauren Hill. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so, they did it on purpose just to be like, you know what? We're not coming out to the poor music today, bro. We're playing Lauren Hill. Like, okay,
1: all right. I, I got questions for you. So back then, not, not tell shows, but for house shows, whether it was like WCW or ECW, were the wrestlers just allowed to play whatever music they wanted to?
0: No, just, just the NWO. Like that never happened like in the NWA or anything like oh, okay. that. No, no, it was whatever you saw on TV. You saw uh, at the house show, that was just a weird occurrence. Like it wasn't like they didn't have the music queued up. They just was like, no, bro, we're going to play something else. For no reason. Right. Just like well,
1: I'm kind of trying to picture like the Rock and Roll Express would come out to uh, Life with the Fast Lane by the
0: Eagles. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I'll tell you one thing. Now, Dusty would change it up, though. And I think it all depended on his mood. Like, Dusty would come out to uh, One More Silver Dollar. Right. Um, um That was uh, the Mid-R- Midnight Rider song, right? Yes. Yeah, so he'd, he'd play that. He would be... There would be some... David Allen Coe stuff, uh, some Willie Nelson every now and then. So I, I never knew what Dusty's official theme was. That's the only thing. So with him, it was random, like in the late, like the mid 80s. It was kind of random when they used to come to the UIC Pavilion. And then by that time, he was already a common man at WWE when he was came in there in 89
1: uh, uh, your buddy that you work with at um, ESPN 1000, uh, John Yurkovich, I, I know one of his favorite songs is Night Moves." Is that a song that Dusty came out to?
0: I don't think so. I don't think oh. it was. No, I don't think so. Um, but usually the deep country, all his deep? friends. Okay. And so the deep country cut, like the real quality country cuts that you'd hear below the Mason Dixon.
1: Yes, sir. Got to yeah. get that storage straight in there.
0: <laughs> Anything else that stood out besides uh, another appearance by Mansoor uh, for the Super Showdown?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the last thing I mentioned for Super Showdown, I'm the my favorite match of the show was uh, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy against the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. That was a really strong tag title match. It was really good.
0: All right. Uh, I want to get your thoughts about Revolution taking place in Chicago at the Windfrost Arena. AEW uh, returns to uh, Chicago. Um, I, I just think that there are a number of matches that you can point at as the main event. I, I But um, looking at this event taking place on on February 29th, I just like the build for this um, and, uh, because they had time to do this, Josh. It's not like they have a pay-per-view every month or every month and a half, they have really massaged a lot of these storylines and the payoff all happens tonight.
1: Yeah. AEW has that to their advantage now, especially being a new company, they can lay out whatever pay-per-view schedule they want. So I think that's a good thing. And it's a good thing for uh, not only establishing better feuds going into their pay-per-views, but it's also give them the opportunity to develop whatever they want dynamite to be as a TV show. So They have that time to them, and I think they're making the most of it. I I watched the Countdown to Revolution special they did uh, the other night on Wednesday. Um, I watched it this morning before you called me so I could kind of get... A little graphic because a lot of people were hyping up that uh, preview show. It was really good. You got a lot of different comments from Tony Schiavone and, of course, the commentary tr- uh, crew, but also the other players uh, involving the other major feuds in the match. Uh, I thought Arn Anderson's role uh, when they were talking about the MGF uh, Cody Rose match was really good. If you guys haven't watched the Countdown to Revolution special, go find it on the AEW YouTube channel. It's really, really good.
0: What matchup are you looking forward to the most?
1: Uh, the match I'm looking forward to the most tonight is Cody Rhodes and NGF. That's pro wrestling in a nutshell. Uh, whether it's a five-star match or whatever everybody's looking for these days, I really don't care. When, when you watch that match, that's the match everybody will be emotionally invested the most tonight.
0: You know, you you could put this match and the build of this match in the 70s, 80s, and some of the 90s. Uh, and even the, you know the early 2000s i don't know if it's if it, in the pg era of wrestling i don't know how how this would take but i could just imagine like dusty and tully in the same circumstances same circumstances right. I, mean, I mean i just just put those two in this situation tully okay. tully brings in a big guy and he's like, you know what, Dusty, you can't touch me because here comes, you know, it could be Big Bubba Rogers, it could be Dan Spivey, it could be any of these guys, right? It could be anybody Dan- from, from the past, right?
1: Dan Hanson.
0: Dan Hansen, yeah. It's like, you can't touch me, so you got to go through this guy in a steel cage. Or, I'll t- take you on, but I get ten lashes. I get to lash your body and embarrass you in front of your family and all your big fans. Uh, just, just imagine this is not Cody and MJF, and imagine this is Dusty against Tully Blanchard. This is the same kind of situation where Dusty probably, if he was alive, wishes that he could have come up with. All of these things, everything that's involved, he wishes that he can have this. Because Cody, as I told you before, Josh, the same things I grew up watching in the 80s or reading about in the magazines, this is Dusty all over again. Because, because Cody wants to be the number one babyface in the company. This isn't one of these things where there's a section of heel fans booing Cody. Everyone's invested when Cody comes out there. And, and is it him pushing himself to the moon? Yeah, but that's wrestling. That, that so there's always someone that's in a, in a company where that guy is, is gonna be the biggest baby face and not the section of uh I'm not so sure if he's a baby face or not. People understand who he is. Cody's put himself as an executive in this company, talked about it openly in, in interviews, and so everyone knows it's wide open. And there's MJF who want, who's trying to convince all of us that who he is on TV is who he is off of the mic, away from the cameras. He's a prick all the time. So, so, so this is what he wants you to know. And so because of that realism of when you see MJF in the street, hey, MJF, and he's saying F you, and Cody, on the other hand, has time for you, looks into your eyes, gives you the handshake, spends time. It is the dynamic of babyface versus heel, something that you're not getting every day in 2020.
1: No, you're not. And here's the thing with Cody Rhodes and what I've enjoyed most about him. I haven't got the vibe where Jeff Jarrett (laughs) was all about himself in TNA. And then that got old really quick and then people started booing him for it. It's totally different. Like you just said, Cody, everybody's invested in Cody Rhodes right now. They don't have a Jeff Jarrett TNA vibe towards Cody. Cody. And I think that's a good thing. (laughs) So, uh, Cody's had the best feuds. Cody's had the best promos since AEW started. And it it, it stands for reason. And uh, we've been waiting since November, since MGF turned on Cody Rhodes at Full Gear. And... This is going to be a special night, and honestly, I don't know who you got winning this match, but for me, I, I think this is only the beginning. I don't think this is a feud that's ending any time soon. So I actually think that MJF has a good shot tonight.
0: Yeah, I think MJF wins. You want to keep this extended um, because after tonight, this can't be the blowoff. You, no. you got to keep this moving, so I say MJF wins. If you've got the pencil, is this the main event?
1: It would be my main event.
0: Oh, you turn the lights out, and turn the lights back on. Is it not non sanctioned? <laughs> <do> you... No. <laughs> lights out.
1: <laughs> we can have a ma- we can have a singles match main event a pay per view without gimmicks and nonsense. Oh okay, well wow.
0: <laughs> So so Cody MJF, that's good. That'd be interesting if that was the main. I and and with Jericho and Moxley I know that is the Aew championship matchup. Again another terrific build. slowly. This build is so good that it extended into Japan also. These, these two were both in, in, in uh, New Japan at the same time. They, they weren't fighting each other in New Japan. I'm just saying that they're both in that company and they were on uh, several cards uh, at the right. same time. but it was just it's very interesting to watch the dynamic of this. Chris Jericho is a respected heel. Not a cool heel, but a respected heel because people are singing his song. And that's and by the way, they're Johnny come lately. Last time AEW was here, I was singing the song when I was in the crowd. I was singing it. Um but you can you can see that he's respected. John Moxley Is it just me or is Moxley just scratching the surface of being that kind of Terry Funk Dick Slater type of babyface because Cody is—it's Cody's on a different stratosphere. Is Moxley there for you yet? Even though he's been in this rivalry with Chris Jericho.
1: Yes and no. Yeah. I say yes on the mic, but as far as ring and like laying punches and whenever they've done all these countless different brawls, it's, it's kind of a turnoff at times because Moxley will throw these forearms like Shane McMahon throws jabs, and it yeah. <laughs> It, it, it doesn't have that same like effect, you know. Um, Here is the thing: I, I people are going to be surprised this with CM Pump being my favorite wrestler. I never sang cults and personality when he was a heel. I don't know. Maybe that's a little something old school about me, but I didn't yeah. <laughs> sing his song when he was a heel. So, um,
0: but he's but he still but but even though they do sing his song, Jericho still doesn't. You know, he still says, you know, "f you" to the fans.
1: Oh, he ripped up the Kansas City crowd the other night. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that was great. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Um, who who do you like in the match?
1: I like John Moxley. I I do think uh, Moxley will come to AEW World Champion tonight. Um, I I wonder if people would kind of feel uh, a little slighted if both NJF and Chris Jericho won tonight. Uh, but it all comes in the story, right? And how it's executed. So, um, this match is going to be good. I, I saw this match in Chicago at the All-Star Arena for uh, Payback in 2016. And I, I thought Moxley and Jericho had the best matches that night besides uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, I'm not really concerned about the match. I know the match will be good. will have that old school big fight feel if you will. Yeah. Uh, sure JR will mention that before the match starts. <laughs> so uh, it it should be an interesting environment. Um I, I think Moxley wins
0: tonight. I do too. I think Moxley wins the title. Um and to prepare yourself to see John Moxley tonight, I'd ask you to go to YouTube and find some Dick Slater matches from Mid Atlantic. Just just go to go there or go to, to uh, dailymotion.com and just find some Dick Slater and you'll be like, "Wait a minute." Moxley looks like Slater. Yes, he does. Uh yes. At least trying to. Um, I, I mentioned the last podcast I did that some of the best Moxley that we saw was with Florida Championship Wrestling. You ever see that stuff with Regal when he first came yes, to the company? I did. Man, that stuff was good. It was good. It was. It was. It scratched the surface. It never got to the crescendo that I was looking for. But you could see the the kind of the beginning the embryonic stages of a really interesting character in moxley during that time
1: i want you to picture something really quick and i think you might enjoy this picture moxley was not in wwe and nxt uk started and he showed up at nxt uk and actually started having that feud with william regal right now
0: oh wow oof That'd be red hot because everybody would be pro Regal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'd be all over like the UK and Ireland. That whole scene, and then Moxley comes in as this crazy American. Oh my God, that'd be unbelievable. And I know that Regal does; do, he wouldn't want to work babyface. He just would have to. He would. He had no other
1: choice. Uh, It'll be by uh, default that you'd be a babyface. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> that's, he, that's, he he wouldn't want to work. If you're... He would. It doesn't matter if you're in Scotland, Blackpool, anywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, Regal wouldn't want to work that style, because he's kind of like Arn Anderson that way. Like Arn said, I never want to be babyface because I don't have any babyface skills. It's just like like, I don't throw a drop kick. I don't do anything spectacular. I'm just flat footed and just come straight ahead. And so, um, but still, he by default he just have to be a babyface in that spot. That'd be, and it was it worked in Florida. You know, for in FCW. So I, I uh, asked people to go back and check that out. Um, happy to see Nyla Rose as the AEW Women's Champion. Ah, uh, now you got a monster in there, and the key line in her pay, in her uh, interview she did two weeks ago: "No one's a monster like me. Nobody's a monster like me." That should be on a T-shirt because yeah. it's true. Nobody's a monster like her, and she takes on Chris Statlander.
1: This is going to pick up, my, my friend. I'm going to tell you right now, I think these ladies are going to rip it up tonight. I'm, uh, when you look at matches on paper, you can kind of shrug your shoulders sometimes, depending on who it is. Uh, just for me, I'm more into like the stylistic clashes at times, because, yes, Nile Rose is a beast. She is that power-style wrestler. But Chris Dantler, even though she's tall, She does move around a little bit, like some of the smaller size female wrestlers, and does some of the stuff that you see on the regular independent show. So I'm just kind of interested in how that match looks. You know what I mean?
0: This matchup is not about Nyla; it's about seeing if Statlander has a different gear. If she looks if she looks like the Dynamite shows, then it's like, okay, well, you got some work to do. But Nyla is a established veteran who's wrestled um, in Japan. Uh, overseas. So she has experience. I know that she's new to the scene, but she's wrestled a lot. I heard her on Jericho's podcast, by the way. Boy, what an interesting story! Oh my god, just the the metamorphosis of her becoming a woman now. Um, just uh, what she's had to go through to I try to, and try to get booked now as a woman. It is. Um, uh, it's quite. If people haven't heard that, check out Jericho's podcast. It's really an in-depth conversation about. Nala Rose, uh, be, You know, having to talk to her family about the change that she wants to make in her life, and and just being able just to get booked and not be some kind of freak show comedy wrestler that she. Yeah, you know, it took a while for her to get serious, uh, to be taken seriously, and um. So that it's interesting story. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Your Hoss match matches on here as well, by the way, with Rhodes against Hager.
1: That match could be stiff, pal. <laughs> it should be. Jake Hager is going to get some receipts.
0: <laughs> it should be. It
1: <laughs> if you heard be. the comments that uh, Dustin Rhodes made towards Jake Hager during this uh, countdown special, <laughs> I'm surprised it's not a no-DQ match, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a nice match for Hager to get over. Um, and, uh, But I'm, I'm glad that these two are going at it because, listen... Here, I might disagree with some things that Jim Ross mentions as far as this company and his his vision, but it's right. true. You have to have bigger guys in there. It doesn't have to be just big guys just to say, just for having big guys in the company. It's it's good to have different size. Hager and Rhodes are two of the bigger wrestlers in the company. Uh, I look forward to that. It should be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, mix it up. You can't have a roster only filled with Kenny Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Um, so you know it's great great to have cruiser weights to be in these main event spots, but you've got to mix it up. Uh, speaking of, uh, of of heavyweights, here's Sammy Guevara. Uh, take it on Darby <laughs> Allen. <laughs> so, so you know what I've never asked you your thoughts on Sammy Guevara. What do you think of him as a, a personality as a wrestler?
1: As a wrestler, I think he's really good. And very, very talented. Uh, I think th- that kid has a bright future ahead of him. Um, as far as the character is concerned, he reminds me of any h- high school uh, douchebag I ever met in my entire life. <laughs> so it works for him being a heel character. <laughs> wow. So I, I enjoy Sammy Guevara. I'll be honest with you, Hoodie. I'm not really into the inner circle as a faction um i don't think lax needs to be in a faction and the fact i haven't enjoyed this presentation of lax in aew to be honest with you but um sammy guevara uh i think he's been the best part of that group and he's benefited the most for being in that group so um, this is over the top selling when he would take a super kick during that battle royal a couple weeks ago or just him just pissing everybody off i he's good and I, I, I'm really excited for this match that he has tonight with Darby Allen. And they have a good chance to steal the show.
0: Um, Looking forward to a tag team matchup. What will you see a turn from Adam Page? Hangman Page and Kenny Omega against the Young Bucks. So say this is written in 1990. Okay. So this is written as Hangman Page is kind of doing his own thing. Not around the interviews. And uh, even though all four of these guys are friends... The whole point is that Hangman Page has just not been a good a good friend. He hasn't been a good teammate. He hasn't been a good teammate to Kenny Omega and turned his back on the Young Bucks. What's wrong with him? Why is he just over there drinking beer? Yeah, he just seems like he's kind of a loner now. I don't even get it. So now the matchup takes place and Hangman Page is like, you know what, I, I, I haven't been a, a good teammate, you're right, Let's get on the same page and let's get this done. Let's win these, let's retain our tag team championships. And then, just like that, the turn happens and then the fans are against Hangman Page. Well, this can't happen now because now, with Hangman Page kind of being a loner, now he's more popular than ever. So, I don't, so, so, you see the story I'm telling? Like yeah, if if you're I trying did. to if you're trying to be like Shawn Michaels in the Michaels gennetti tag team where you don't understand why Shawn's changed and no everything's good Marty we're good and all of a sudden Marty goes through the barber you know barbershop glass window okay now there's a change if Hangman Page walks away from Kenny Omega in this match Page is still a babyface so where are they going with this
1: if you want to get heat and I hate using the word if I don't believe in this but if you want to get heat on Hangman he should be the exalted
0: one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's one way. <laughs>
1: Think about it. Every time the Young Bucks have had a chance to become the tag champions, the dark orders come out and cost them the match.
0: Yes, that is correct. But
1: every time <laughs> So I can see something where like you have a little backstage segment with uh, Omega and Paige in the locker room before their match. This is like maybe the buy-in show or the early part of the pay-per-view, and and like you were mentioning, hey, let's do this. Let's retain the tag titles. Everything's fine and everything like that. Yeah, the back goes as it is, and then we find out that Paige is the exultant one and turns on Omega.
0: Did, does that. So does that make Hangman a, a heel? Yeah, does he get yeah. booed? are you? <laughs> no, I'm saying. Well, do you think you think Heyman Page would still get booed if he's got a beer in his hand and is exalted one?
1: Uh I, I kind of think this whole thing with him drinking is kind of like a phase. To be honest
0: with you, it's a phase. All right, he's
1: not. He's not <laughs> stone cold.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I'm, I'm I, honestly, like for me, and I know a lot of people say that it would be, be a nice thing that. Broken Matt Hardy could be the guy that's behind the Dark Order and make people get interested in that gimmick after the fact. If you have anything attached to the Dark Order, I'm sorry, you're just a heel in my eyes. (laughs) Uh That's how I look at it.
0: See, I don't know how this. I mean, I expect the Young Bucks to win the titles. I think there's they can
1: still win the tag titles and have Paige join the Dark Order.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I never even thought about it. I didn't even think about the Dark Order, but they're not on the card, so I'm thinking that they, they gotta are. be involved. Huh? They are.
1: They're fighting SCU
0: tonight. It, what the dark match? <laughs> Is that on the card for real? Is that the main that, I don't see this on my sheet here. Are they on the are they on the main card?
1: I from what I heard from Excalibur, they're on the main card unless they get added to the buy-in show.
0: Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I I just have on my screen the the main. That's why we just went through the main uh, matches. They, oh, I didn't know they were on the card. They they could yeah,
1: be. You mentioned, mentioned it on AEW Dark last night. Oh okay. okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I missed that. Um, yeah that that could be that could be. I just um, I just found it funny, you know, <laughs> that watching um, watching Kenny Omega against Pack this last AEW dynamite show from Kansas city where you it see oh, very, Oh, excellent match. I just, but I understand why the young bucks were out there. They were just kind of in my way though. And, but I understand why they're out there. Cause there's, they're friends with Omega. So they're trying to support Omega, that kind of thing. And it's just kind of like, okay, I, I get it. They just were kind of well, in my they're, way.
1: They're... If they could be out there during a Wrestle, beta, uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event with Tanahashi, you could they could be out there for a podcast. <laughs> I there.
0: guess, I guess they're just a, they're just in my way, you know. But right. no, just an excellent match. There's no question about that. Um, about and maybe by the way, this springboards Orange Cassidy to actually get in the ring now after he was attacked by Pack after after the match.
1: Man, nothing this guy could do could be wrong. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this Where a guy like Cassidy gets a pause that he does that. I don't know man that's just a reflection Of what the society is Where you, you just not slot about everything Nothing really matters around you So I think people relate to him In that fashion but Hey more power to him I, 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 I It's, it's I'll tell you, Hoodie, I don't have the same feelings towards Orange Cassidy as I do towards Marco Stunt, and you know that. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) I'm curious to see what happens. I never seen him actually have a full match. I think he had like a six-man tag one time on AEW, but he didn't really wrestle that much in that match. So I'm curious to see what he does in the ring tonight.
0: The um, I, w- I want to ask you your thoughts about uh John Cena returning to SmackDown. I have not seen the ratings yet, I guess it's too early on this Saturday morning to get the ratings on that yet. But Goldberg returning, um, uh, with his tick, my god, he's turning to Gene Anderson. Why is he ticking so much? Um, his facial, facial, facial tics are weird. Um, so right. So that, and I I do want to ask you about John Cena's return. Cena says that, hey, you know what? I'm leaving it to the young guys, which you knew that was BS because how come he didn't say that last year? Um, (laughs) Where was he last year with that? Uh, It would have been more timely. So he says he leaves it, and all of a sudden here comes the fiend, and then without verbal communication, now they're going to have a WrestleMania match. What did you think of that? I...
1: Here's the thing, when I see John Cena and just give the reaction that guy gets, it's it, it's you can't deny the energy that's inside the building, where you're a John Cena fan or not. The pops that guy gets is on another level, and sometimes I can't take him seriously when he has that lime green shirt on, and they got all the lime green and purple colors yeah, around. That's who he is. But, yeah. but that's who he is. That's who John Cena is. And I got to tell you, Hoodie, I don't know if you've been able to catch up with any of these Ruthless Aggression episodes they've been airing on the network.
0: Oh, <laughs> God. No, I have not. And you're going to have to convince me to watch that because if they're lying and they're, and they're not giving the real story, then I don't want to watch it. Now, if it's, well, if it's good, I'll watch it.
1: Pal, if you want some truth, make sure you watch the John Cena episode because when he uh, looks back at his Ruthless Aggression era run, he calls himself a failure. What? It's a really, really good story. What?
0: Failure? Yeah.
1: He looks at his early run as uh, John Cena as a failure, so it, it, it was really good. I think you like it. It's episode two, if you're looking on it for the network, everybody. Wait
0: a minute. Okay, now i got to watch that.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I was reading up the uh, documentary, because after watching I have a lot more respect for John Cena and what his impact is in the business, and you um, Listening to the promo, he has everybody on the edge of their seat. Uh, he controls the crowd, uh, unlike a lot of wrestlers these days. And here, here he is. He's like you're mentioning. He says he want, he doesn't want to uh, take spots away for the wrestlers, even though he came out as Doctor Dominatus last year and verbally <laughs> downgraded Elias. Right. <What? laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I agree with you. I, I knew John Cena was playing it around, but. He, look, look, Back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. Listen to the crowd when the Fiend came out. Right. I, I don't know if it was something where uh, the producers had the size of the air chant. Yes, chant. Yes, <laughs> but it looked organic that people wanted to see that match. So I, I thought it was a really good segment.
0: So this matchup is to set up the Fiend and not and make him a winner, right? Because Fiend's yes. going to Fiend's going to win this, right?
1: He's got to collect the six-year debt, my friend. Are you sure? Well, let's look at what's happened since he became the feed character, right? He's got revenge on Daniel Bryan for turning his back on the family. Yeah. he beat him both times. Here we are. It's kind of hard to look at the Fiend because this run has been for like four or five months. So <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of hard to see where he's going to go from a win-loss perspective. But uh, I actually do think that uh, Bray Wyatt will beat John Cena at WrestleMania. I do. Okay. I'm, they, not, I'm not going to say it's 100%, but I have, a good, I have a good feeling it might happen.
0: Bro, if Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, loses at WrestleMania, we riot. We riot. <laughs> we riot. Damn right, pal. He, lost, he lost enough as, as Bray Wyatt. That's enough losing. Let's Let's start building the character. And again, it's not about the title. I don't care about the title. I know people are mad if you're listening to podcasts, You're like, why does this happen? Don't worry about it. Don't yeah. don't worry about because it because the the championship is about Brock. It's about for me. My focus is on Brock and McIntyre. Where that's my,
1: the that's the main event.
0: That's my focus. That's my focus. That is the main event, right for WrestleMania thirty six. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you sure? <laughs> like, you, you sure it's not Rhea Ripley? Charlotte? You sure?
1: I, I don't after last year's wrestling I don't think the women are mean mean of any.
0: You know what? I don't I don't wanna be crass, but I think that we learned a lesson here. I think Vince learned a lesson also. Yes, it's a women's revolution, and I'm glad women have an opportunity to wrestle uh, more often than not just a popcorn match. These matches, uh, a perfect example is uh, Bianca Belair against Charlotte. If you haven't seen that from NXT uh, this past Wednesday. That's as physical as a, a, of a women's match as I've seen in a long time. That thing was good that thing was physical. Not yes. just good. That thing was physical. That thing, whereas like, Charlotte was laying it in on Bianca, that was an education for Bianca Belair. That was an education because Charlotte was vicious, not in a playful wrestling way, but like if you t- look at which she, the way she applied those holes, Josh, it's like, okay, all right. Uh, it, was, it was a little stiff. <laughs> it, really, it really was, and I liked it. Um, so it's, it's deserved. But the point is, though, is like Becky Lynch, as we've talked about for about a half a year now, is not hot. She is... Uh, She's uh, the She might be the man as far as marketing, but not the man when it comes to this company. Um, and I don't know why they put their thumb on her. Um, because, to me, if she's going to be the champion, uh, the Raw Women's Champion, she should be able to have a lot more acclaim, and she's not. Um, and so, even though Rhea Ripley and Charlotte should be a really good matchup for the NXT Women's Championship, uh, you're right. None of the women are hot enough to be at the top of the, the heap. That's unfortunate, but it's true.
1: Here, here's my thing, Hoodie. I want to get your thoughts on this. While I was happy that the woman won, that's uh, women we were able to have the main event of WrestleMania last year, kind of my turn off from last year's WrestleMania was that we had two different Daniel Bryan-esque like feuds going into that event where Kofi was being held back and getting his opportunity to win the title. He ended up stealing the show with Daniel Bryan and rightfully deserved that opportunity to have that WrestleMania moment, right? Right. But here's the same thing with Becky. She had the same thing to the point where Vince took her out of the match and put Charlotte into the match just to gain more heat out of it. So, (laughs) I thought... From my point of view, a lot of the Becky stuff last year going into wrestling, it was a lot more forced than what it was naturally and organically for Kofi Kingston.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, now, if we do get Becky Lynch-Naomi for the Raw Women's Championship, the the push for Naomi so late, it does feel like Kingston. Right? I mean, is that, is that what you think is going to happen?
1: Hold, hold up. Becky or uh, Bailey.
0: Naomi and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship is that likely? Oh no, no, because Naomi's on SmackDown. I beg your pardon. Yes, that's right. So, (laughs) so Naomi and Becky for the uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship is that likely?
1: No, Becky will fight Sheena Baszler at WrestleMania.
0: Okay, and Naomi and um, Becky. I'm sorry, God Almighty, (laughs) Bailey, not Becky. Whoo, it's early, Uh, Bailey. Will take on Naomi, right?
1: I want to see that. I do.
0: That's the that's that's what I mean. <laughs> like Bailey <laughs> Bailey against Naomi because Naomi, like my point is that Naomi seems like she's getting a little bit of a push lately,
1: and it'd be a good natural reaction for her uh, going into. That uh, Wrestlemania and I've got to be honest with you Hoodie I I think Bayley has done a little bit of a better job uh, as being a heel champion I admit when she first turned into a bad guy and right around that Survivor Series time I really didn't care whether she was a babyface or a heel but she's got a lot better and speaking about physicality look at uh, the match that her and Naomi had at uh, Super Showdown the other day, I forgot to mention this that match was very stiff and physical as well, so uh, I think Bayley's adding new elements to her character uh, in the ring and on the bike, and she's doing a good job. So I, I would like to see Bayley and Naomi at Wrestlemania. Uh,
0: yeah, I read a pro wrestling transcriptions, a t-shirt finish on that Naomi match against
1: uh, Bayley. Oh, God. yeah is that what
0: you wrote i think that's what i read i think it was yeah that's
1: what it was so it's kind of like some kind of shoehorn thing where uh she like tied naomi's legs to the back of her t-shirt uh to roll her over it it, it was i it's court grace called this like old school bullying tactic (laughs) that's the way he was calling it but yeah basically uh bailey put naomi's legs behind her t-shirt and it it was it was interesting. I I I'll give Daily credit uh, for that because I never saw that be a finish in a wrestling show before. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, it threw me off guard.
0: You can follow uh, Josh on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. You can listen to that podcast wherever you download your podcast. Look for The Hoots Podcast. And don't forget ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. We ask you to bookmark that. That way you can find out what's going on with 205 Live, Friday Night SmackDown, AEW Dark. Find out what's going on with NXT UK, our favorite brand as far as well as Impact Wrestling, Raw, SmackDown, everything else in between, NXT. Check it out. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com My friend, as always, I will appreciate it. And uh, let's review Revolution next time we speak.
1: Yes, sir, honey. Thank you, as always. There
0: he is. He's Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. He's going to sit and watch some uh, Dick Slater matches. He's he's going (laughs) to... He's gonna he'll be right he'll be writing about some Slater Flair matches from Mid Atlantic, and he'll write about that as well. With Pro Wrestling Transcriptions will be his wrestling rewind. He'll he'll get that he'll he'll watch that and so he's prepared to watch John Moxley do his Terry Funk routine and the matchup <laughs> against Chris Jericho. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling TWT. And don't forget the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, subscribe. Uh, Hit that subscribe button for that as well. We always got new content coming on the YouTube page. All right, we will talk next Tuesday with another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here, wherever you download your podcast. Thanks so much for checking out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people. Tell somebody, Josh. Tell somebody.
1: Do it now. Do it for the real world champion as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how Nick Aldis got into this, yes. But indeed, it is Tell by the John the Nutsage Wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on a special edition of Hood and Lopez.